most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Samantha Perviti, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mike Triplett, longtime Saints beat reporter who you can follow on Twitter at Mike Triplett. Mike, huge win yesterday in this <laughs> wide open NFC South division. Saints would be all alone in first if they could have just protected the 13-point uh, lead in the final five minutes at Tampa a couple weeks ago. But maybe they feel better watching another team blow a 33-point lead. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, it, it was so weird because I was watching that game and I was thinking, oh, where have these Buccaneers been all year? This is the strongest I've seen them come out of the gate. I mean, Joe Burrow had like zero fantasy points in the first half of the game. And then all of a sudden it just all falls apart. Uh, so that was a crazy game to watch. I don't know, even like rooting against the Bucs. I mean, I, I'm not rooting for the Panthers really, because I know they're just going to get annihilated by the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, it's just comical to watch this whole playoff thing unfold. I mean, on the other side of things, we've got the whole NFC East projected to make the playoffs if the if the season were to end today. Uh, no one from the NFC South seems like, I mean, they're not going to have winning records or anything like that. Uh, Lions actually are making a rally here. They started one and six and now they're seven and seven in the hunt. So a lot of playoff stuff could really be coming down to the crucial week 18. Um, you got to witness the Desmond Ritter debut. Uh, he completed 13 of 26 for 97 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. One takeaway that I had from this game was that they did lean heavily on the run. Did you have any other takeaways? Yeah, that's the, that, that was the <laughs> takeaway from watching that game. And, and Tyler Algier really exploded in that game in particular, which, you know, could, could gravitate toward him having a bigger finish to the season. Unfortunately, they're about to play the Ravens, which is not a great, matchup but uh but you know uh if you survive past that uh maybe the next week when they're playing the arizona cardinals uh tyler algier could be a good bench stash definitely especially with uh caleb huntley going down with a torn achilles in yep. the game i know we'll get to a little bit more of injuries after this but speaking of injuries mike white ended up missing week 15 with those broken ribs he was kind of questionable going into the week not cleared for contact now they're saying that it's he's unlikely to play on the short week um on thursday night so we, we saw zach wilson once again uh not joe flacco so uh there was definitely some impact on the jets the jets players they just I mean, the offense didn't look nearly as strong. I mean, Wilson ended up not having a terrible game for fantasy, but uh, none of the receivers looked looked that great. So I would temper expectations for those guys moving forward. Yeah, and uh, I, I think we're going to probably mention Michael Carter, although I think he's still over the 50%, but, but there's a possible injury to watch there that could make Michael Carter relevant again. But if Zach Wilson is the quarterback, he doesn't throw to running backs, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I think that that probably brings down the value of, of, of any of the ones that are healthy for them. 
Yeah, that stinks because that is a good matchup otherwise. Um, one last thing I want to mention, uh, we had a lot of chatter about this Bills-Dolphins game going into the week because <laughs> they had the, all this snow and and uh, a lot of people were project were lowering expectations at least for a lot of the skill position players in that game. Uh, there were a ton of points to go around in the end, 61 points in spite of this massive snowstorm. So I wanted to get your take on sort of yeah. how weather patterns should, like how we should re uh, react to those things for fantasy, especially with the Saints-Browns game coming up with some projected weather there. Yeah, that one could be, uh, I, I, somebody mentioned they saw a forecast with zero degree wind chill at least or whatever. Um, uh, so I hope it's warm in the press box, but yeah. <laughs> um, I think it depends on the kind of weather. A snow itself and even rain itself doesn't necessarily affect offense. And in some ways, when footing is bad, it, it can help offense because it's harder for the, the defense to keep its footing against the players who know where they're going. I think wind is the biggest one uh, that affects a passing offense. So I, I'd pay most attention to win. I mean, the game that comes to mind was that Patriots bills game from a couple of years ago where neither team could throw the ball and it was just run, 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 run the entire time. So every once in a while, those games come along and, and that's when you do, uh, especially with uh, saints run defense has been struggling. That's the, the run defense that, that Atlanta just ran all over uh, yesterday and the Browns run defense has been struggling all season. Um, so that could be a game to invest heavily in, in, in the guys running the ball, including our favorite subject to talk about, Taysom Hill. I love that. Yes, Browns rank 30th in rush DVOA, so that should be a fun game, at least for the running backs or rushers in the game. Uh, in terms of injuries around the league, thankfully we had a lighter week, all things considered. We had a couple brutal, brutal weeks in a row. So uh, Jonathan Taylor would be leading this injury report. He suffered a high ankle sprain, only played two snaps against the Vikings, will likely miss the remainder of the year. So that could be a mess for a lot of managers that had been riding him not like he had the best yeah. season, but you were still starting him every week. So, you know, losing even an RB2 at this point in the season could be pretty hard for people in fantasy. You know, we'll talk about those running backs in a little bit. In terms of other guys, I mean, we mentioned Caleb Huntley and then Colt McCoy suffered a concussion, ruled out to return, uh, replaced by Trace McSorley, which could definitely impact I think the pass catchers for Arizona moving forward. I'm a little bit concerned about Marquise Brown. Uh, and then Ryan, Ryan Tannehill carted off uh, from the sidelines of the locker room. He did have that ankle injury earlier this year, was able to return, but I think it's something worth monitoring, especially if you have any kind of shares of Chego Konkwu or, or Traylon Burks or anything like that. Well, monitor injuries like crazy all week long because this is the time of year where not only are you getting the the regular amount of injuries, but you're getting a, the teams that are thinking playoffs that might rest mm -hmm. guys, even if the injuries aren't that serious and you're getting the teams that are out of it, that might be resting guys because it's not worth the risk if you're not actually playing for something. So this is a week where, where questionables might, might turn into game day and active. So make sure you have a plan B and a plan C for everyone. If you're, uh, if you're counting on a healthy roster this week. Definitely. And just based on this week, it feels like we're going to have a really exciting finish to the year. I mentioned there's a lot of jockeying that could happen with the playoffs. But in addition to that, I mean, we just had a number of crazy games that I did not expect. Obviously, the Jaguars upsetting the Cowboys in overtime. The Texans almost almost beating the Chiefs. That did not happen, of course, but it was really close. And that's two weeks in a row that they've kind of held their ground against tougher teams. I mean, it's a one-win team. So that was pretty surprising. And then, of course, the uh, 
wild ending to the Patriots game, which was just absolutely crazy on that. Unbelievable. Lateral. Unbelievable. I'll tell you, the Texans are interesting because I took my own advice and I like I have the Titans defense on both of my biggest playoff rosters because I had planned ahead and they're playing against the Texans next week. And all of a sudden, I'm not so sure, even though the Texans don't have healthy receivers or a healthy running back. Uh, yeah. They're suddenly putting up an offensive fight. Who knows? I definitely did not expect that because, as you mentioned, Damian Pierce out for the rest of the season. They just have no offensive weapons, no Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks. So I did not think they were going to put up much of a fight against the Chiefs. But there you go. That is the NFL right now. It's pretty crazy. Uh, Let's just jump into waivers. Of course, we do not have any more buys. Thank God. Uh, (laughs) With quarterbacks, uh, it's really, really lean out there. I hope you are not streaming quarterbacks, of course, at this point in the playoffs. But you may need a QB2 or or super flex type option or just be in a pinch. Uh, I think the best of the group is going to be Brock Purdy, uh, 20% rostered. He actually was very, very good. Again, I, I was not sure if he was going to turn back into a pumpkin. You know, like it's one of those things that sometimes I think there's that element of surprise when they bring in a guy that they don't have a lot of tape on or anything. And then like teams tend to underperform. But then once they get some tape, you know, teams are able to adjust, but he completed 17 of 26 attempts for 217 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, QB 14 heading into Monday night. Um, I mean, he was the QB eight previously, and he has a soft schedule to finish out the year against three below average defenses. Uh, He should be a high-end QB two option with QB one upside against the commanders, Raiders, and Cardinals. And then the only other one that I could really come up with is Sam Darnold, uh, 6% rostered, not been super remarkable, but I I will say, like I said, the pickings are very lean on the waiver wire and uh, they are facing the Lions this week, whose defense has allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. The Detroit defense was just lit up by Zach Wilson, who is currently the QB nine. So I think that he he will be a viable QB, too. So, uh, you know, we're really scraping the bottom of the the barrel. Do you have any other options? Like, do you think Andy Dalton should be on people's radar, even in light of the Probably not because of what we just said about, uh, you know, bad weather in Cleveland um, and, and, you know, the game plan should be to run the ball against Cleveland. So I wouldn't recommend Dalton, who normally I would. I mean, he's he's, you know, in this middle of the pack group and, you know, he's he's an established starter who can get the ball to some playmakers. But this isn't a great matchup for him. It's a horrible matchup for Taylor Heineke, who we've been recommending or at least has been one of the guys on this list in recent weeks. He has to play the 49ers. It's. Ryan Tannehill is a guy that I think is just, you know, kind of underrated fine. Uh, but now we have an injury concern with him. So this is a sketchy week. I mean, this is a, a <laughs> um, you know, find out who's hurt and maybe uh, pounce to the waiver wire to get a, a replacement quarterback kind of week. But I do like your Sam Darnold recommendation because that matchup is, is so good against the Lions. Not only are the Lions really uh, have they really struggled and given up a lot of points with their pass defense? Their run defense is so good that that's clearly the game plan. You got to throw against them. Yeah, people haven't been thinking of the Lions necessarily as a as a running defense stronghold or anything like that. But you called that last week, and uh, Sonovan Knight had a pretty uh, meh game for fantasy. So they are definitely looking like a defense that maybe you want to sit your running backs against. Uh, speaking of running backs, I did mention that we have the Colts sort of mess right now. So I'm going to talk about Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. It was a committee in their epic 39 to 36 loss to the Vikings. 
Vikings. Moss had 24 carries for 81 yards. Jackson, 13 carries for 55 yards and caught a pass for a touchdown. Moss outsnapped Jackson by a count of 53 to 25. So I guess he would be the one that I would refer. Obviously, Jackson ended up with a slightly better fantasy game, but that was by virtue of a one-yard touchdown. So, um, you know, I, I think it's Jackson, but it's probably going to be some kind of committee, right? I, I just, I don't see them putting all their chips in on, on Zach Moss. I mean, we saw Jackson be productive when uh, Taylor was out earlier in the season, but that was w- before they had traded for Zach Moss. So they do have two, uh, you know, three very nice matchups coming up against the Chargers, Giants, and Texans. They're all bottom nine in rush DVOA. So that, I mean, you know, if you're in a deeper league, you need an RB3 type situation. They could be the ones that you want to add. Uh, we talked about Tyler Algier, 37% rostered. So with Desmond Ritter under center, they could, they, they certainly could be leaning on the run more. It leans out after that. There's there's a number of guys that kind of fall into that category. We've been talking about as kind of potential lottery tickets, right? If someone gets injured, they're the clear number two. I, I would say Josh Kelly, Jordan Mason, Jalen Warren kind of all fall into that category, but none of those guys are, are super attractive. Anyone stand out to you? Well, Jordan Mason was my big uh, tip of the week, and I hope people only looked at the final stat sheet and didn't watch that game because he finished with 64 rushing yards, but he had like 57 of them on that last carry. Uh, it should have been a touchdown too, but he wisely ran out of bounds at the one to protect the lead. Uh, but uh, yeah, my thinking was they, they always split the workload. And then I'm watching that game unfold and Christian McCaffrey took every snap the entire game. That was a, li- a little bit of a zag from the 49ers, but yeah, Zach Moss and Deion Jackson is really interesting because Jackson is the one that normally I would recommend in this situation because he is uh, uh, the pass catcher. Uh, which which is a lot more likely to you know give you at least a floor of some fantasy points, and he even has has been used near the goal line. He got the one yard touchdown catch, but remember what he did at the end of that game. He lost a fumble um, while they were uh, imploding and blowing that lead, and that was already after Zach Moss played twice as many snaps. I mean, out of nowhere, Zach Moss playing fifty three snaps after he had you know barely approached double digits in any of his previous game with the team. So. I would not be surprised to see a changing of the guard there, you know, as, as almost like a, a punishment for the fumble as well. So um, that, that makes both of them a little hard to trust, but Moss may be the one to just see, maybe they're going to turn Moss into an every down guy and see what they have in him. Um, and then Chuba Hubbard qualifies, doesn't he still? Uh, he does. Uh, he is 39% roster. Yeah. Right now. And the thing I like about Hubbard is, you know, he has sort of been the number two, uh, to Foreman in Carolina, but that switch this week, uh, snap count touches, high value touches. He's, he's been more of the pass catcher for Carolina, but he's also getting work near the goal line. He got more work on early downs and as Foreman just really disappeared in this last game. And, and now they're going up um, against the lions who, who we said have been really good against the run and, and really porous against the pass. So I, I, I think Hubbard might be my favorite investment from this list this week. Yeah, I definitely don't mind Hubbard, especially as the guy, like you said, that catches passes on a team that finds itself in negative game scripts more often than not. So uh, he's definitely a guy that I would look at. Marlon Mack, too, if you're in a deeper type situation. That was an interesting sort of thing. Five carries for 37 yards in the touchdown, caught four passes for 26 yards. Latavius Murray was the lead guy, but this is two weeks in a row now that Marlon Mack has had good games for the Broncos. So not 
necessarily good matchups coming up. Uh, they have the Rams uh, this week, but deeper league type situation. Not like I want to invest too much in the uh, Broncos offense, the uh, yeah, right. Brett Rippon led Broncos offense. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It is a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper right now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com action and you will get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. In terms of wide receivers, I think the the group is actually pretty good. I saw a number right. of guys that I that I really like. We've been talking about Jahan Dotson for weeks now, and I'm really surprised that not enough people listening to us because he is only 17% rostered on Yahoo and uh, had an absolute breakout performance, four of six for 105 yards in a touchdown, his second touchdown in two weeks, currently the wide receiver eight and a half PPR. And if you just watched that game, I mean, he's making catches and getting separation just contested catches that uh, you know you you barely see a lot of veterans make so I was very impressed oh, yeah. to watch him there um, he was banged up for a lot of the season but in the nine games he's played he's finished as a top 22 receiver or better in five games so uh, you know that that receiving core it doesn't get enough credit but there's a lot of mouths to feed but also a lot of kind of diversions you know he's not drawing necessarily number one coverage Terry McLaurin is so he gets to maybe open up sort of things on other sides of the field uh, they do face the 49ers but I think he should still be considered a wide receiver three in next week um, Zay Jones who has come up on this podcast a number of times he's just been absolutely ridiculous of late you know you 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 spurred the Zay Jones breakout I'm just I'm totally kidding but obviously, <laughs> obviously a, a monster game and we Week 15 against the Cowboys, which is not an easy matchup. Um, they obviously pulled off an improbable upset there, but Jones caught six of eight targets for 109 yards, three touchdowns, currently the wide receiver one. So he's definitely someone that like, you know, who's out there in about 45% of leagues and could definitely be a wide receiver to rest of season. So that's not something that we say a lot of these guys, you know, it's right. A lot of these guys, we're, we're kind of tr- hoping that they'll break out, but say Jones has already kind of broken out already. So he's definitely one of my favorites on this list. And then the last one that I will know is Noah Brown. He is widely available, only 2% rostered, had his best game of the season, caught six catches on nine targets for 49 yards and two touchdowns against the Jags. Obviously a, a very good matchup there. He's the wide receiver six and a half PPR. Um, he is the the number two besides C, behind CD Lamb, but that, I think that 
that that's a pretty good position to have. I mean, rather be the wide receiver two there than maybe the wide receiver one on, on some of these other offenses. So uh, those would be my top three. What do you have to say about those guys or anyone else that's on your mind? Yeah, well, I love Jahan Dobson, and, and we've both been talking about him a lot. Uh, and, and so your stat last week or uh, the last two weeks in a row since he was on the bye was that in, in his eight healthy games, he's been a top 24 fantasy receiver in four of them. Well, now that's five out of the nine, right? I assume he's a top 24 fantasy yep. receiver this week. The only thing that stinks about him is 49ers, Browns, Cowboys for, for the rest of his schedule. There's no real tasty matchups for him to take advantage of. But as we both said, he was, you know, I think he was the 18th pick in the, the draft. He was definitely in the top 20 in the first round of the draft. The talent is there. Now the opportunity has been there. Curtis Samuel has really been, pushed aside, not just by guys hugging him in the end zone. He has not been a big part of that, of that Washington offense. So, so Dotson, Dotson has definitely moved into that number two receiver role there. And I do like him Zay Jones without question. I mean, um, I, I did not give him enough credit for being a young guy with upside, but you know, cause he's been around for a while, but he hasn't been around in the Jacksonville offense with Trevor Lawrence. And, and he has really exploded once they've found their identity there. And, and they just throw to these three guys, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. And all three of them are playable. I would trust all three of them uh, um, in my fantasy lineups down the stretch. I'm less bullish on Noah Brown. Um, he has been getting a good snap share. I think if anything, he makes you not be able to trust Michael Gallup, but they also just added T Y Hilton and they just got James Washington back from injured reserve. So that one is getting a little crowded for me to assume that he can just do this week in and week out. So I'm less excited about him than some of the other names on this list. I would be less excited in Russell Gage thinking he's clearly number three there, but I, I do not understand what has happened to Mike Evans. And that's a good matchup for them against the Cardinals. So you got to consider Russell Gage, KJ Osborne. That was kind of crazy. He was so heavily involved in the first half of that game, even before the Vikings started desperately throwing to, to come back. I mean, he felt like as a Justin Jefferson uh, manager, I was like, why are they throwing to KJ Osborne on every single play on this drive? So he turned my head, but, but obviously we've seen him in flashes before he's a little harder to trust. Um, another one I have to mention since I cover the saints uh, is Rashid Shahid. He, uh, he has his snap counts. So he, he came on as an undrafted rookie kick returner who just had a lot of speed, but they started sneaking in plays here, like a jet sweep and a deep ball when he was playing five, six, seven snaps a game. And then they were like, we've really found something here in his last three weeks. He's been over 30 snaps a game, and he was up to 39 snaps a game in, in this last one, caught another deep touchdown pass. But he's he's kind of learning the entire route tree now and becoming their wide receiver, too, alongside Chris Olave. When you add the amount of opportunity he's getting now to the home run threat that he brings almost every week, I, I, Rashid Shahid is definitely uh, a best ball play or a daily play for cheap if he's still cheap, if not a real viable possible wide receiver three option in, in your fantasy playoff rosters. Love to hear that. Love to hear guys that I, I don't really know about and you giving us some of the insider sort of information, having watched the games, obviously, very, very closely. Uh, Dotson was the 16th pick of the draft. And honestly, I think his like draft over under going into it was around 33 or something like that. So uh, he was it was it was a little bit of a surprise, I think, where he was taken. But clearly, if if you read anything into that, the, the organization thinks very highly of him. So even if it's not necessarily a this year thing that he's going to be a superstar. That's a name that you definitely need to keep on your radar 
for uh, next season and beyond. Uh, in terms of Russell Gage, yeah, the Bucks have a pretty nice schedule coming up, Cardinals, Panthers, and Falcons to finish out the year. So he's a guy that I've actually really liked for a while and has always kind of been in like a wide receiver three or like afterthought type situation, but he certainly can be productive when he is targeted. So um, if he's, you know, building up a little bit more of a rapport with Brady there, then uh, he could be a deeper league type threat. All right, on to our last uh, position, which you were so excited about last week. I'm excited yes. about him again this week. <laughs> I love it. Yes, we the tight choices. end. We do have choices. Uh, so someone that we mentioned last week was Chig Okonkwo, 29% rostered and had another good game. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't spectacular, but such as the tight end position, uh, four or five targets for 54 yards and he rushed for six yards. He finished as tight end two the previous week. So, I mean, he's tight end 15 heading into Monday night. But what's really crazy is that, you know, he's had four consecutive games with at least five targets, kind of came out of nowhere, had saw a season high 60% snap participa participation rate, out snapped Austin Hooper for only the second time all year. So he has a number of uh, decent matchups coming up against at least like the Texans and Jaguars, the Cowboys in the middle. So not, not super great, but at least someone that is definitely on the rise that we need to uh, take a little bit more seriously. Uh, we've got the Saints guys. I'll, I'll, put a pin in that and just say uh Noah Fant would be another guy that I would be interested in as well tight end seven currently in, in half PPR with one game left to play but yes talk to us about the Saints guys because we had a huge game from Juwan Johnson and yeah. then a pretty good game from Taysom Hill too so uh how should we proceed moving forward I'd have a tough time choosing between both of them but I think I think both of them could make a case for being a top 10 tight end option uh, this week. The, the case for Taysom Hill is if you look and, and if, if you don't trust Taysom Hill, it's because you think he's so unpredictable. There's games where he's the NFC offensive player of the week, like he was earlier this year against Seattle. And then there's games where, you know, he just disappears and, and you get, you know, three carries for nine yards and, and you might not even get a single point, um, especially in PPR leagues where he's not catching a lot of passes, but there is a rhyme and reason to it. And it's when they face vulnerable run defenses and they're able to run the ball. Um, he's just like any other run heavy option that we're talking about, uh, like a running back. And this is another good matchup for running the ball against Cleveland. One of the fantasy wise, one of the worst, uh, they, they allow some of the most fantasy points of any run defense in the league. Um, and the Saints know Taysom Hill is one of their two or three best playmakers. So we just saw them face a vulnerable run defense in Atlanta. And what did they do? They got Taysom Hill heavily involved as a runner and a passer. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot more of him, especially if it's a cold weather game where they're relying on their run game. So I would trust him again uh, this week, uh, maybe less so the week after that against the Eagles. Jawan Johnson, then on the flip side, if it's not going to be a heavy passing game, maybe you're a little leery of going with him, but he has become really their go-to guy in the red zone, especially since Andy Dalton has become the quarterback. And the only thing that slowed him down was a minor injury that took him out of the lineup. But then he comes back and he picks right back where he left off. And these weren't just, you know, easy catches in the end zone. He, he made plays with yards after catch on both of them. He has become 
a really trusted playmaker for the Saints. So so he has definitely earned his place in in whatever that is, the second or third tier of options, you know, with the whatever the Dulcich's and 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 people like that that we've been talking about. Well, and Okonkwo. Um the only reason his numbers, I think, were disappointing in this game is because, you know, the Titans overall passing numbers were pretty disappointing. And that's probably going to be true all season long. But he, he, he's almost turned into their number one option in the passing game. I think he led them in, in targets or receptions or routes run or, you know, it's just gone up and up and up every week. And they even gave him a carry um, after we heard last week that they're going to try to get him uh, more involved as a fullback as well. So it's very clear that the Titans are, are kind of like what I was saying about the saints with Rashid Shahid at wide receiver. They realize they have something in him and they're trying to get creative to make sure they get the ball in his hands every week. And, and the matchup against the Texans is much more inviting this week. Definitely. And uh, Traylon Burks has been banged up for a couple of weeks now. Uh, but to your point, it is tractor Cito season. No one wants to block Derrick Henry these days in the cold weather. So uh, there, you know, he, he is getting fed a lot. And that is a I, he's a good recommendation for this week. Derrick Henry. <laughs> I might, uh, might want to start on. You know, he's going to be the most expensive. Uh, uh, but December Derrick Henry. This uh, Derrick Henry against the Texans. Uh, I don't know if you can move that price too high in daily leagues. Oh, definitely. It's only a question of if he goes off for two touchdowns or three. So <laughs> that's how that's how I feel about Derrick Henry against the hapless Texans run defense. Uh, yeah, a number of good options at the tight end position in terms of the Saints guys. At least my perception, I would probably prefer Hill rest of season, just given sort of the upside and versatility. Uh, he was the tight end one week 13 before the Saints bye. And they have a crazy good schedule. We talked about the Browns. We talked about the weather potentially, but then they've got the Eagles and Panthers. So neither of those uh, teams have good run defenses. So that could definitely be lend itself to a lot of big Taysom Hill games. Uh, I think that that's pretty much all I can say about the, the tight end position. But uh, Mike, uh, as an aside, tell us about your fantasy teams. Like what's what's going oh, yeah. on in your in your playoffs right now? Right now, actually, I know I already asked you a question, but right now I actually need a Monday Night Miracle from <laughs> Cam Akers. So I'm not feeling good about that one. I also have two other uh, defenders. It's an IDP league. So that's, that's where I stand. And then my other two leagues, I will be advancing. Yeah, I, uh, I joined, I, I'm still alive in two of the leagues I care about most. I, I didn't, I, I didn't win with volume this year, but the most important leagues um, that, that I really care about, I'm still in the final four and two out of three. One of them is a new one I joined this year that includes like promotion and relegation, uh, which is really exciting. So I have a chance to be promoted in that one. But uh, I started the year and I felt really good. It's a two quarterback league and I had Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady. Uh, and then I had to go down to Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and luckily, you know, I was very glad he went back into the game. But if Tannehill doesn't come back next week, my fourth option is Kenny Pickett. So all of a sudden, I'm like, I had four quarterbacks all year. Please don't tell me I'm going to be down to one uh, in, in the Super Bowl week. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know how that how that works out sometimes you have all these plans you you draft your roster you, you think you're really good like well off going into a certain situation I have this league where it's 16 teams and everyone takes two quarterbacks and so like even the backup guys are all, like there's some high quality backup guys that end up being rostered and uh you know of course the week that Kirk Cousins is on by Russell Wilson's hurt so I, I don't even know who I started I think it was absolutely terrible I might have gotten like three points and this is one of those 
those leagues that there's a lot of negative point opportunities too. So I, I seriously considered just not starting anyone because it was so bad. Um, yeah, we get like negative points for uh, like attempts and efficiency, things like that. So oh if you know, so, right, exactly. So if you're, you're putting in some backup that happens to not have a Brock Purdy type upside, uh, you, you could definitely be getting negative points from these guys. I, I, that league that I need the Cam Akers Monday night miracle, I got a, a zero from Leighton Vander Esch and uh, Pat Fryermuth. So I'm trying to survive those two things. And it's against this guy that I've been in this league for the longest time. And it's against this guy that he, he thinks he's the smartest of anyone <laughs> always. So, I mean, he, he's the one that's like building all these models. He, he does not do this as a career. He just like in his free time builds all these models and, and he's a habitual loser in the league. So um, the fact that I may lose to him is a little disappointing, but uh, you know, fingers crossed for a big cam makers game. I, I hope that they continue to feature him and uh show him off for trade later but sounds, sounds like we've got a new guest for the pod next week if he beats you we're gonna have to learn from some of these models oh god no i i, I can't give him that that satisfaction um okay that will do it for this week's episode of the fantasy flex uh i hope everyone out there also has an awesome holiday season uh i don't know if you're doing anything cool but i will probably be out there teaching skiing uh mike remind everyone where they can find your work yeah, um, I work for a subscription site called New Orleans.football, the best Saints coverage you're going to find anywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, either we're going to be diving deep into what, what they can do as like a seven and 10 division winner, or we're going to be diving deep into how they can fix things in the offseason very soon. <laughs> Oh, what a fun division this is. Yeah, I mean, you you could you you might get an, an extra couple of weeks there of work uh, that you did not expect you have, a, I guess, mid-season. So that, I guess that, that maybe they if they can't get in, maybe they should be rooting for your Panthers to win the NFC South because then then the Panthers won't be able to, to draft their quarterback of the future and they'll ruin everything oh, by winning the division. <laughs> Whatever. You know, the Panthers got the number one overall pick and they're still going to mess it up. So at least that's, that's how I feel. Uh, thank you to everyone for joining and we will see you all next week. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.